it's episode 45 of Aaron and Patricia. My name is Aaron. My name is Patricia. And uh, you are joining us on the 17th of January, 2021. Uh, coming up on the show today, we're going to talk about uh, Trump impeached after the Capitol riot on second historical charge. Uh, we've got the more information about the Capitol rioters and uh, obviously what prosecutors are going to, going to be doing about them. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, America needs to break the back of its uh, fascist movement or else, according to uh, Yumi Herik. And also we've got uh, some information about uh, how Chuck Norris was not at the riots. We'll tell you about that. Uh, NRA has filed for bankruptcy. Um, Dave Bautista has put a $20,000 bounty for someone who defaced a manatee. Uh, we got uh, some news about uh, Joanne Ro- uh, Rogers, and uh, she sadly passed away at the age of 92. Um, Jeremy Fallon is uh, plummeting in the ratings. We'll tell you about that as well. Also, some news about Macaulay Culkin, Crash Bandicoot, Metroid Prime 4, and also about a postal worker who's been uh, stealing stuff on his deliveries. You are listening to Aaron and Patricia on the 17th of January of 2021. So, Patricia, do you want to tell everybody what's going on on the Old School Lane podcast? Absolutely. So, uh, as we hinted at last week, we were going to be discussing about Borat's subsequent movie film, and that we did. And you can check that out on the Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts uh, site of Old School Lane, or you could check it out on YouTube. And we just posted up uh, the newest episode of the Roald Dahl Retrospective, where we took a look at the top five best and worst adaptations. And um, another thing that I posted up this week, which I thought I would never do, was that as told by Ginger, as well as a slew of other Nickelodeon shows, are out on CBS All Access. So yes, this is the very first time in which As Told by Ginger is out on a streaming site. Uh, I know that Amazon Prime uh, was there as well, but it's international uh, viewers who can watch it. And it was released in 2008 on uh, iTunes, but it's no longer there. So yes, um, now you can officially watch it and you no longer have to worry about watching it on a bootleg site or purchasing bootleg DVDs so you can be able to watch it. Cool. Okay, well, moving on with the show. Uh, well, um, you can't say we didn't see this coming. Uh, Donald Trump has been impeached for the second time and has basically made the worst record possible of being the only president in the history of the United States of America to be pre- impeached on two separate occasions. Yep. And wow. I mean, you know, he wanted to, you know, make his mark in history. Well, he can as the very first president of the United States who has ever been impeached twice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like uh, the, the reasoning for it, uh, as far as we're concerned, once again, a pretty reasonable. I mean, the last impeachment was about uh, his uh, dodgy actions of, uh, you know, trying to get a uh, Try and dig up dirt on uh, Joe Biden uh, for and getting the help of the uh, you know the Ukrainian government to do that, and so that was the first uh, chance. And as you could probably imagine, the Republican-owned uh, Senate decided to uh, no longer pursue, not not pursue him on that. And uh, then, but now here we once here we are again with uh, you know we're trying to incite an insurrection and uh, you know but put the safety of uh, American democracy. Uh, and uh, we've got this situation now, and so, yeah, this is impeachment number two, and uh, it's even at the point now where even Nickelodeon is even having to acknowledge it, because everyone's yep. realizing that this is how historical all of this is. Yes, and I, I sent you that tweet, Aaron, in which Nickelodeon, you know, number one kids network, and I know that they've done things like Nick, um, you know, Kids Pick the President, and Nick News with Linda Ellerbee has actually covered it, you know, that one show that you skipped after all the Nicktoons were gone, and you watched Cartoon Network, you know, that show. 
which um, yeah, they actually you know talked about um, you know kids' reactions about you know who would they choose to be president of the United States and what are their thoughts about everything going on in this country is and yeah, they even gave their thoughts on the second impeachment of Donald Trump. Yeah, it's just it's so miserable, isn't it? Like uh, it just it's uh, the fact that even our own kids at the moment um, are realizing that uh, and this is uh, this is becoming an issue and uh, Nickelodeon has to you know realize that they have to address this as well and by the way also they uh, they turned off replies on on Twitter as well because uh, no no doubt they were they were going to get some backlash from from uh, a certain section of politics uh, for doing that but uh, at the same time like uh, I mean it's uh, it's such a sad state of affairs we've got someone right now who um, at the minute uh, apparently can be trusted can't be trusted to operate a Twitter account but uh, somehow can be trusted with the nuclear codes you know yep. it's just it's uh, it's, uh, it's it's a sad state of affairs I think that we find ourselves in so. Um, you know, in regards to uh, Nancy Pelosi, you know, pulling this, pushing this forward and uh, everyone else going along with it, I don't blame him. And, uh, you know, here's the thing about this. What do you feel about the 10 Republicans that decided to vote? Um, not, also, not in person as well. Like, uh, they decided to, uh, you know, some people decided to vote uh, by proxy to impeach the president a second time. You know, I, I think that there's even some points in which a lot of Republicans are just fed up with Trump saying, you know what, this guy does not follow in our ideologies. And we know that he is way too dangerous to run this country. So, yeah, I, I don't blame them for, you know, voting for his impeachment. And I know that what this is going to cause for a lot of the Republicans or, you know, a lot of the supporters of Trump saying, yep, these are guys, these guys are traitors and we need to put them in our uh, in our list of, of people that we need to take down. We'll get to that later. So, but here's yeah, the thing I mean, about this: like, it just infuriates me. Like, you know, Donald Trump has been given the pass so many times, and we know how horrendous this guy's been as president. We we, mm -hmm. we we we've seen it play out for the last four years, and then all of a sudden, like, uh, you know, ten Republicans find their testicles all of a sudden and decide, yeah, this has gone on for not long enough. You know, like, well, uh, I mean, I, after 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 the, after you know, uh, these uh, lunatics stormed the Capitol and five people died. You know, like, uh, you know, but uh, apparently all the other shit that he's been involved with, apparently, yeah, all that's perfectly fine, apparently, according to them. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, for some people, it's like, oh, um, you know, when it's up to uh, the, the discussion of whether that he needs to be impeached or whether he needs to have his stuff removed, as long as it doesn't hurt us, then we're okay with it. We'll just pass it aside. But no, when it gets like really personal, then it's like, oh, well, we don't want to have anything to do with it. So they'll just wash their hands and move on. Mm hmm. So yeah, that's uh, that's happened. But you know, it's like uh, but, well, there's one thing that, that people are saying, which is, um, what does this matter? Because he's only going to be like president for like another three days. You know, come of this podcast. But hey, this hey, keep this in mind. Um, this is still going to keep going, and uh, they're going to plan to keep it going even after a hundred days of Joe Biden's presidency. Because the one yep. thing that they're aiming to try and do is to make sure that when this asshole gets out of the White House, that he's never welcome back there ever again. And yeah, so, and yeah. and you know, uh, I, I mean, we were even given warnings on, on our school, saying this coming Wednesday is the inauguration. Be careful. I have never been told that in my entire life. In which, you know, a day that is supposed to be like a joyous event where the new president's going to come in and he's going to swear in front of um, millions of people on, you know, the the television and millions of people live. And this happens to be like a major threat in which, you know, there might be a chance in which a lot of us will possibly get 
you know, hurt or get killed, you know, because some rioters are saying this is not fair. You know, the, the election was stolen or rigged or whatever. So, yeah, this is going to be uh, an issue for quite a while. Can you really call them rioters at this point? I mean, like, they're insurrectionists. I mean, like, they're, they're, they are, you know, they they are basically, you know, um, try, trying their best to upend democracy in the United States of America. I mean, like... Uh, they're, uh, they they have some gall to say that uh, they believe in the Constitution and that they believe in American values when they can't even get the basics right. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. So, well, mind you, even without all of this, I mean, it wouldn't be safe for people to go out anyway because you know, you know, we're all penned in right now because of the virus. So, like, uh, rega- regardless if we even had this, uh, you know, political unrest to begin with, I mean, the, the likelihood is that there was going to be, like, thousands of people, like, on the on the mall, you know, to uh, watch uh, Joe Biden swearing in. I think even he himself would think that was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, uh, so, I mean, you know, I think in regards to the way that the inauguration is going to be, I reckon it's going to be in front of a small group of people, and uh, it's going to basically just... Uh, um, just take place, and uh, then you know, hopefully, it will be just um, you know they'll they'll just, they'll just get on with it, and uh, hopefully, all the uh, security forces that are currently you know surrounding the place will uh, just keep things safe as pe- as best. But uh, you know, how sad is that, man? Like you know, th- th- this is how much Trump has ruined America. You know, like uh, the fact yeah. that we can't even have you know a a swearing in ceremony without you know thousands upon thousands of troops there's more troops in washington than you know deployed than anywhere else in the world right now just think about yep. that for a second you know like uh, more more troops than in afghanistan more troops than in iraq more troops than anywhere deployed in any battle zone across the world right now the 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 wash the the, the capital of uh, the uh, the freest nation in the world right now is under siege by people who claim to be Americans yeah and we're not protecting the White House and Capitol Hill from a country that's trying to take us down they're not protecting us from uh, the Middle East they're not protecting us from North Korea they're not protecting us from you know, maybe a possible natural disaster. No, it's because that we have half of America saying this whole thing was rigged and we're going to fight for Trump to stay in the White House, even though that it's been clearly stated multiple times that he lost, but they are just so delusional to the point in which now they're basically wanting to, you know, feel their anger and rage out into our capital itself and now we're just looked upon as just really dangerous. And I have seen so many reports from so many articles online saying about how our country has officially lost its true democracy. Well, like we h- h- here's the thing about this. I want to like uh, supplement that with uh, something which uh, is uh, on NPR, which is that uh, uh, a new poll that they the poll that they did in December said that's about 60% of Americans uh, just uh, and but just only only like one quarter of Republicans believe that the results of the 2020 presidential election. So, it's not it's not like a, a half and half split. Like 60% of Americans still you know believe that the uh, the election result was legitimate. So like uh, yeah, but unfortunately, because that we have still forty percent of Americans saying that it's rigged, and their voices are way louder than the people who say no, 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 we, we do believe that this was legit. And the, you know, unfortunately, because you know a, a lot of these countries outside of the U.S. are looking into the news and saying, "Wow, now there's like millions of people who are saying that this." 
um, you know, this Donald Trump guy is the president, even though that he lost. And now we have people who are angry and want to riot. It looks bad on everybody, even though that they didn't vote for him. Mm -hmm. You know, there's one story that's not being told here. And uh, well, it is being told by, you know, uh, some some people. I'm going to tell you who they are in a minute. But, uh, you know, all these people who caused this riot. And everything yeah. like that. Like, uh, you know, in the last episode, I basically said this is going to be like, uh, you know, that episode of The Simpsons when uh, Homer's mother has to run away and stay underground and stuff like that. Like, uh, you know, I'm watching, uh, you know, the um, I'm watching Sky News and uh, I'm watching uh, news reports of, uh, you know, journalists now trying to track these people down. You know, like, really? uh, yeah. So um, there is a news report on Sky News. I'll uh, try and I'll try and link to it if I get a chance on Twitter if uh, if I come across it again. But uh, it's on YouTube. Um, there is uh, a Sky News reporter who uh, went to the house of a twenty-year-old or an apartment, if you will, and uh, you know her, her mom answered the door and basically said, "Oh, she's she's now gone. I don't know where she's gone, and uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, I really wish that she would come back." And um, apparently this is the story of a 20-year-old uh, woman who uh, wasn't really all that interested in politics, then got radicalized online, and then all of a sudden went to the riots and uh, was uh, pictured, you know, gay, you know uh, pointing people to go to different, different parts of the building. And things wow. Like so, and now she's in hiding. So and uh, wow, I mean, you know what this reminds me of? Well, when we were doing thirty six hours, um, it, it would it kind of reminded me of um, you know, uh, the Nazi hunters, in which you know after World War Two, and a lot of the people who were involved with the Nazi Party were going into hiding. Like Josef Mengele had to go all the way to South America just so that he can hide from the Nazi hunters. And I discussed about that briefly in my heroic Jimmer junk episode of Cyber Six, so you can go check that out. But yeah, I mean, are we at that point in which now we're going to have like the people who were involved in the riot in Capitol Hill going to be on like the most wanted list of, uh, you know, right up there with, uh, you know, criminals and rapists and murderers and, you know, terrorists and all those kind of things in which now there's going to be like a dedicated group of people going to hunt them down and bring them into justice. Yeah, it, 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 it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Like, uh, you know, like, well, there's uh, what $40,000 uh, rewards, I think, on some people for, for the FBI's wow. offering for people. So like, uh, there's, there's a lot of money at stake. I think, and so I wouldn't surprise me, like, you know, small groups of people kind of like, you know something, you know, um, whatever you may think about the election, like, hey, there's money here to be made, and uh, they'll happily hand these people over. And, you know, like, uh, oh, yeah. here's, 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 what, here's what I say about this, like, and it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if uh, Trump supporters turn in their own people. Like, no, nope, I wouldn't be surprised either, because... Because a lot of people have lost their jobs due to the coronavirus and because a lot of people are still fed up with the fact that they're not getting any money. I mean, even there's a lot of people who still haven't gotten their money from the stimulus check. So, yeah, those those six hundred dollars. There's a lot of people that haven't even got it because of a technical error involving with like the tax uh, company and the IRS. And so they publicly apologize and said, oh, oh, don't worry. If you file your 2020 taxes, then we'll give you your stimulus check. So that means that people have to wait until April to get the six hundred dollars. What, what, so what a tip that is, isn't it? And on top of that as well, like even though that uh, um, Joe Biden you know, pretty much made a, 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 a half comment on saying that, you know, he was uh, in favor of the two thousand uh, dollar stimulus is now like apparently now it's going to be uh, nailed down to like fourteen hundred dollars. Yeah, to even like, out the two thousand. So yeah. ba basically, but, so basically, what you're paying, for, basically, what you're getting there is basically a a, a a slight, you know, a slightly good gaming PC and possibly an RTX card. So yeah, like, yeah. So 
think about the 2000 that we're getting from the government, but then, wow, $40,000 to turn in this one person who was in the riots. I mean, th that's a lot of, that's more money than some people make in a year. So I'm sure that there will be a lot of people. And sadly, like you were saying before, Trump supporters who would turn in their own brethren saying, well, you know, sorry. I mean, it's every man for himself. And maybe they'll tie them up yeah. with their own zip ties. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, like, here's, and the reason I say this is because, uh, you know, we know how cold-hearted these Trump supporters are, and as far as I'm concerned, there's no honor among scoundrels. I think if, they, if they're offered a ton of money to basically, you know, uh, stab their own people in the back, I think they would do it. Mm. You know, wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. So, uh, yeah, yeah don't, don't, don't be too surprised if all of a sudden, like, out of the mill, like, uh, on, the, on, the, on the grounds that uh, they're going to get some, money, you know, some, some financial gain out of this, like, uh, they will start, they'll start you know, uh, snitching up and saying, hey, you know, I know this guy, he lives over at this place. But uh, mind you, um, at the minute, um, we actually are seeing the opposite of this because, uh, you know, watching the news, and uh, it's uh, amazing. I, I really don't know how to feel about this. The, the news reports seem to be going in with, like, uh, people, like, interviewing their neighbors of people who have been involved in the riots, and they all kind of like uh, sit there with like you know stand there with their hands up in the air, saying, "Oh, I didn't realize he was part of that." Oh, he is. Like you know, he seemed like such a nice guy. Do, do you get a feeling that that's a story that we're hearing quite often? Like you know, oh, I thought he was an all right guy. I thought he, I didn't believe he was like you know part of the Oath Keepers or like uh, you know some neo-Nazi who wanted to overthrow American democracy. Like no, he just seemed like a pleasant guy. You know. Wow. And uh, and now all of a sudden, like we're hearing like this uh, other story. Of like you know this this dark persona that they seem to have like established for themselves online, and all of a sudden now it's all playing out in real life. You know, yep, right? it's scary. It is like, very terrifying. You really, you really don't know people until obviously you know it comes out in like you know the most extraordinary ways. Yeah, I mean, just like we talked about with um, the Tennessee bombing, in which you know the next door neighbor you know said, "Oh, uh, I didn't know that he was into that." I mean, I thought he was just a really quiet guy, and then. Um, the only way that it would, they were able to pinpoint him was that they looked at the security footage and they were able to match the RV. So, yeah, I mean, you never know who your next door neighbors or your friends or your or the, the person that you buy um, your groceries from or anything like that. I mean, you never know what their agenda is. Yeah, but here's the thing about this. Like, I, I don't want everyone coming away from this podcast, you know, being paranoid about their neighbors or anything like that. Or like, you know, second guess them like, you know, your neighbor's still your neighbor. At the end of the day, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, uh, if the Bible teaches anything, you should love thy neighbor. You know, that, 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 that's a basic command. You know, so like, uh, I would suggest you continue to kind of like follow that, but until you know, you have reasonable suspicion that they're up to no good. But uh, I mean, so as far as I'm concerned, like, don't you know, suspect your neighbors are like being involved in ill wills because you hear, you know, like a you know, there's a capital rioter on the news that's you know been like smashing up democracy. You know, like, um, as you know, as far as we're concerned, like, uh, you know, yeah. It it is possible that, you know, your neighbor could be involved in wrongdoing, but the likelihood is that they're probably nice people, you know? Sure. And, so that, and the likelihood is that so they're just trying to get on with their own work and get by. It's a far more, you know, reasonable explanation for the reason why, you know, you don't hear about much about them as you normally do. You know, like, and you know, there's nothing about this. Like, you know, we don't really live in a, an era anymore where everybody knows their neighbors. When you really think about it, like, uh, we're always on the move, you know, work always takes us, you know, different places, and uh, we've uh, kind of lost that, and I guess it's kind of a sad uh, reality, I think, and I'm sorry if I'm going on on a different point, but uh, the fact that we seem to have gone into an era where we don't really know all our neighbors all that well, and uh, we just kind of, like, have been it, it, involved in our sad. own, it's yeah. Which is kind of sad, because, um, it, you know, I, I know that media presents 
you know, things a little bit too over the top. But, you know, there used to be a point in which that you would move into a neighborhood or you would move into an apartment complex and you would know the people around you. And, you know, you probably go over to like a, a barbecue or you go over to a neighborhood party or something like that. And you would interact with them, say good morning, say how you're doing, maybe, um, you know, have like a neighborhood greeting, uh, you know, bringing a gift saying, hey, welcome to the neighborhood. And uh, we hope hope that you enjoy it here but no i mean we're i mean i don't i've been living in my apartment for two years almost three and i don't even know who my neighbors are like i don't know anybody who lives around the area and there's like hundred there's like a few hundred people who live around here like families and single people college students uh, i don't know any of them mm-hmm okay so um moving on i think we'll move back into our uh, in our subject matter so um there's an article in the uh, Ude Monica, uh, Monia, Yasu, excuse me, I'm, I'm not very good at pronunciations. So, uh, Umiya Haik uh, has uh, written this, and it's uh, titled, America needs to break the back of its fascist movements now or else. So, yeah. um, I'll just give you, like, uh, the beginning uh, lines. I won't go for, like, the entire article, but uh, he basically says this. Uh, you know who has the right idea right now? Arnold Schwarzenegger. He just released a video calling for the, calling the riots at the Capitol Hill America's, uh, the, um, uh, the Crashant. Uh, there's a dangerous uh, current surging in America. America, no, not just the violence fascists coup during uh, the uh, paramilitaries uh, beat a cop to death with five extinguishers inside the capital. An even more dangerous one: the idea that people who carried out this uh, coup deserve mercy. Let me assure you that, uh, as a survivor and scholar of authoritarianism, there is uh, only one way to deal with fascism, terrorism, authoritarianism, coups, and Americans called sedition. Called sedition. Zero tolerance. Uh, America needs to break the back of its fascist movements now severely, or it will pay even more severe price for years and decades to come. The price of violence, rage, blood, and unrest, uh, the highest uh, of prices. No, I'm not kidding. Though, even though you might uh, feel a chill, uh, you know that... So uh, it's also an RM. Uh, Trumpists uh, have revealed themselves to be a neo-fascist movement, a serious and real one. Having been unable to achieve their goals through uh, consensual, peaceful, democratic means, uh, what did they do? The very first uh, time they lost, they engaged in violence, not just any kind of violence, sporadic, minor league, harmless. They stormed the nation's uh, capital and, sh uh, and shed and blood. Basically, he just goes on this whole, you know, uh, you know, massive... Uh, you know, rant about uh, you know why they need to do it. and to be honest with you i don't um the uh the, the the spirit of this i actually don't disagree with like uh, what's the likelihood is that uh, as we go through like the uh the trials of all these people that uh, they're going to get probably very fairly lightest of sentences compared to like you know people who have been arrested at black lives matter protests yeah and that's the unfortunate thing that uh people who have protested in the black lives matter movement all throughout last summer and people who want to see equality in African-Americans as well as other minorities. And they have been treated in the absolute worst way. They were shot with rubber bullets. They were tear gassed. They were arrested. Some of them were even taken into uh, who knows where when they were just like, you know, caught and put into white vans and they disappeared. And some of them were even killed. But... No, the, the, the outcome of the people who were involved in the Capitol Hill riot, they're just going to be brought in, arrested, maybe a few months, maybe a few years sentence, and then they'll just be let off at a parole and saying, oh, you, you got off on good terms or something, and that's it.
Yeah, which can't happen because, I mean, if uh, what he suggested in this article is uh, that uh, that the America will pay a heavy price for it, I mean, at the end of the day, they're going to have to do, do, deal with this uh, people, with these people severely. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it is going to be long jail terms. It is going to be you know treating these people like you know literal traitors to like uh, you know the, their country and uh, saying to people like you look you do not mess with the democratic system. And, uh, you know, if you really want to uh, change things for the better, then you, you go through the democratic means to do it. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't violently try and, you know, uh, cause an insurrection or overthrow the government through violent means. That's not what you do. So there needs to be oh, a strong ahead. message, I think, that needs to be sent here, I think, uh, for all the events that we've had recently. Yeah, I'm just going to read off this paragraph that um, the guy said in the article. Uh, Why is that? Because their worldview is binary. Think back to Nietzsche, the intellectual godfather of fascism. His worldview was binary too. You were either a master or a slave. You were strong or you were weak. An ubermensch or an underman. An overman or an underman. There is no gray area. Which is what democracy and humanity are all about. Finding the shades and nuances and differences and appreciating their subtlety and human beauty. The binary world is what fascists, since the day they had carried forward, whether or not, is another question. And then there's Trumpism, and it's easy to see. You're either a real American or you're not. Either you're legal or you're not. Either you're fetishly devoted to Papa Trump or you're an enemy of the people. They either adore or hate. They have no capacity, none, to think, reason, contemplate, reflect. To say, though you are different from me, I appreciate you more for that reason. That is what makes a fascist. Mm-hmm. So, um, in regards to you know uh, what we've got right now, I mean, it's uh, I mean the last twenty five minutes that we talked about this, it's uh, it's uh, you know they really do have to deal with this in uh, in a uh, in, in, you know no no not in like you know a, a camp X ray way or anything like that, not like some in a bay way, but just in a in a way that says, look, you know, you guys have broken the law, you guys need to be you know punished, you know you know uh, to, to to basically show to people like this is not the way that you do democracy in the United States of America. And if you do do this sort of stuff, that there is going to be severe consequences for it. And yeah, it's gotten so bad that Steve Hassan, who has written four books about people who eventually go over to cults, that he started a Reddit, uh, you know, shortly after this event happened, saying, if your family or your friends or your colleagues have been severely affected by, you know, um, the, the cult of Trump, which is one the name of his book, by the way, the cult of Trump, a leading cult expert, explains how the president uses mind control. He started a Reddit saying, "If your family has been affected by this, then come on by and share your story, and you know, we'll help you and support you." It's gotten that bad that we need to have a Reddit account with a guy who has talked for decades about how cults can lead into severe consequences for the, not only the people themselves, but also their families who had absolutely no idea that they would go into this, you know, downward slope. So we, we've gotten to this point, people, in which now people are saying, oh, you know, my loyalties to Trump is now seen as a cult, almost akin to Jim Jones and Jonestown. I'm having a look for this right now, actually, this, uh, this whole, this... Um... Uh, this Reddit that he puts uh, together. What, what, it's yeah. called Trump. Yeah, yeah. His, his name is um, Steve Hassan. Yeah, by the I, way. I, I, I found him. I found him, but uh, called Trump. Um, here's what he said last year. Yeah, and uh, I'm trying to Google it, and I can't seem to find it at the moment. 
So if it does, oh, really? if it does exist, then uh, yeah. So if, if someone finds it and uh, can uh, hit me up on Twitter, or if uh, someone can like give me the link for it, I would actually like to you know go on and read and see what people are saying. You know. Yeah. Yes. I'm, yeah. I mean, I did find it on Twitter, so I, I guess I I should have sent you the link. Yeah. But, like, so yeah. Send it over to me, and I'll uh, but, but, well, I'll, I'll, I'll have a comment on it on Twitter potentially over the over the course of the week if uh, if I have any further thoughts on it, really. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, moving on, um, I just want to clear something up for everybody. Um, there was an image that was going around claiming that Chuck Norris was at the riots. No, he was not. The guy who's uh, there, it doesn't look... Uh, when you look at him compared to what Chuck Norris actually looks like today, he looks nothing like him. So, um, yeah, just, just, just to dispel that, that uh, no, he was not there. So uh, I don't I don't know where that came from really, but uh, that's, I think uh, I re- I think I remember this because I think I remember Chuck Norris was like hugely um, popular on Twitter, where some guy from the Trump riot were saying that there was this one guy who took a selfie with a guy who looked like Chuck Norris and he claimed to be Chuck Norris, or there was like a post saying, "Hey, look, Chuck Norris is on the uh, on the riot," and I took a picture of him. And then people were just saying, "Oh wow, Chuck Norris has gotten to that point, huh?" And then Chuck Norris had to say, "No, I wasn't there. That clearly does not look anything like me. I mean, we don't even have the same color eyes." So, okay, so here's the official here's the official blurb from uh, the Chuck Norris official Twitter account. So, okay. Um, yeah. Um, I recently learned that there was a Chuck Norris lookalike at the DC Capitol riots. It wasn't me, and I wasn't there. There is no room for violence of any kind in our society. I am and always will be for law and order. Your friend, Chuck Norris. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I really wish Chuck Norris was actually was at the rise because then I think uh, he could have like just stopped it all by you know just uh, you know strangling them all with his pinky finger or something like that. I don't know. So. Uh, oh, okay then. Because we uh, are you familiar with that meme from years ago? Like, you know, Chuck, Which one? The Chuck oh, Norris. The, the whole- uh, yeah. Yes, I, I am. Fam- I am familiar with the whole. You know, Chuck Norris is stronger than something, something, or you know, the power of Chuck Norris does this. I mean, I remember like Chuck Norris was essentially like meme fodder, in which like you know he's so strong and powerful that he can do anything or something like that. Like, yeah. uh, you know, the um, you know uh, what was it like? Uh, Chuck Norris is so powerful that um, punching something and you know it would like go into pieces or something. I don't remember, but oh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, that meme's pretty dead now, pretty much. If uh, you and I can't remember it all that well. So, yeah, uh, I, the, the last time I think I remember was like uh, when Newgrounds did the remember the Ultimate Showdown in which like the last uh, they, like Chuck Norris was their Jesus in which you have all these like video game and cartoon characters fighting against each other, mm-hmm. and then Chuck Norris comes along and made peace. Oh, oh by the way, um, I I'm gonna link you to the Reddit um, link of the okay, we'll do it after Hassan. the do, do it after the show. I'll um, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll go later on, but. Uh... Anyway, um, we've uh, got a lot of stuff to cover, so uh, we need to kind of like uh, hurry forward. So, uh, speaking of things that are dead, um, well, <laughs> well uh, the National Rifle Association, the the same organization that has been complained about by you know uh, gun control advocates for uh, many decades, uh, was featured on The Simpsons multiple times, and uh, pretty much has uh, been in you know uh, social um, you know in social circles for a good long time. It had it had its own like you know. TV channel and uh, shows and all that. Well, uh, given that this week the NRA filed for bankruptcy, so it looks like uh, to everybody, it looks like it's either uh, you know the empl- the uh, executives are trying to uh, restructure the organization in some way, or is uh, trying to stop it from basically going under, or is uh, basically that is going to be it. I think uh, the NRA will effectively be done as an organization. 
Wow. I mean, you're right. I mean, I remember that the NRA was featured a lot in like The Simpsons and King of the Hill and, you know, various other, um, you know, uh, movies and and TV shows. And, you know, there was a lot of issues with the NRA about how much they just, you know, were so proud of, um, you know, their rifles and their guns. And then it just really catapulted badly with all the school shootings that happened consecutively over the past couple of years, uh, almost 10 years, um, you know, with the Sandy Hook shooting, if you remember. And then, um, you know, they were saying about like, wow, you care more about guns and you care about the safety of children. How dare you? Yeah. And then so actually, I- I'm just looking now and uh, there's actually a twist to the story. Would you believe? Oh, okay. So um, apparently th- this is what's coming out of The Guardian right now. Uh, a major donor to the National Rifle Association is poised to challenge the key aspects of the gun group's bankruptcy filings in an attempt to hold executives accountable for allegedly having defrauded their members of millions of dollars to support their own lavish lifestyles. What? Yeah. Dave Delacroix, who is a former tech company boss, had donated more than $100,000 to the NRA and told The Guardian on Saturday, so yesterday he, t- he said this, that uh, he was preparing to lodge a complaint with the U.S. bankruptcy court in Dallas, Texas. If successful, he could stop the NRA executives from discharging a substantial portion of their organization's debts. So this could stop Wayne LaPierre, the NRA's controversial longtime chief executive, holding ongoing lawsuits that he alleges he alleged he defrauded the pro-gun group members to pay for luxury hotels in the Bahamas and Europe and Highland um, uh, Zegna sw- suits. So, um, I'm just trying to try about the uh, things. Ren LaPierre has also denied the allegations of financial impropriety, insisting that uh, letters to the NRA members that uh, the group is uh, quote-unquote, well-governed, financially solvent and committed to good governance. <laughs> <laughs> the, wow. the, the same organization that just filed for bankruptcy. Uh, okay, so in the complaint, likely to be brought within the next couple of weeks would use a provisions uh, of the bankruptcy code to prevent the NRA from sidestepping more than $60 million of debt on the grounds that it was improperly incurred. The lawsuit stipulates that so the debts acquired through... Um, the the that's through uh, malfeasance can be deemed by the courts to be an exception to bankruptcy arrangements. So um, it looks like uh, the NRA. I mean, I don't, I don't exactly know what that would mean if um, one of the people who holds significant bank in the National Rifle Organization holds up the whole process. I mean, it, I mean, it could mean that. Uh, I don't know if this actually means that uh, the executives will actually be held personally liable for. I don't what's know. Going, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know exactly what the. Uh, the the motivation of what will happen be but uh, I mean I guess uh, you can definitely I mean I did hear about there was allegations that uh, you know money was being mishandled and it was being put in like uh, you know uh, luxury travel you know uh, into uh, you know various places and uh, it was basically just used to fund lavish lifestyles for like you know the higher ups in the NRA but uh, wow this is um, this is a major twist how they yeah. in all of this so i mean what what that i mean here's the thing we're not financial experts we're not legal experts in this regard what the consequences will that will be i mean i don't know if that means that uh you know there's going to be people held accountable for basically what's going to happen because i think if they like file for bankruptcy and file successfully i think they can just like write off debt and kind of like restructure their organization i, I think that's so. yeah so but uh who knows? We'll keep an eye on it and see see what happens. I mean, it's uh, it's significant. We'll definitely tell you that. I mean, like uh, also for all the people who like uh, were you know who are victims of mass shootings and uh, who you know campaigned for gu- you know uh, for uh, gun control in their areas. I mean, like uh, I'm sure they they feel a lot better today knowing that you know one of the the organizations that have basically you know been um, you know a thorn in their or has basically been. 
uh, you know, terrible in regards to, uh, you know, gun rights and uh, in regards to, you know, allowing people who shouldn't really have guns still be able to have guns. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, for, for them, I'm sure they, uh, I don't think it's not, it's not going to be much uh, for, you know, all the people that they've lost in all these, uh, in these gun massacres, but uh, I'm sure they'd be very happy to know that, you know, the NRA could potentially, you know, cease to exist now, or at least is in the uh, cusp of, of ceasing to exist. Yeah, it, it, isn't that kind of ironic in which there was just so much dedication to the NRA and less dedication to, you know, protecting children and protecting families who are being affected by guns, and now they're just going completely bankrupt and will cease to exist? Yeah, it's like, it's, I mean, the NRA could potentially be gone by uh, the time yeah. that we end in this bankruptcy, so uh, who knows where we'll be in, uh, in, a, in, in, in at the end of all this. So. Yeah, and it's just it's it's just pathetic, you know, just how you know how we have some people who just love their rifles so much and will protect having the rights of purchasing one for I mean not even for defense for just having it just so they can show off their power and yet at the same time we cannot implement that same protection and power for schools for um, any locations where there would be a lot of people there and the chance that a person who has that power can be able to use it to take out people because they're a lunatic mm -hmm. just unbelievable movie theaters schools banks su supermarkets anywhere yeah so yeah so, I mean, times are changing. I mean, like, uh, the fact that the NRA is unable to sustain itself and uh, a lot of people who have been, uh, you know, um, been trying to, you know, bankrupt this organization for a long time now seems to have succeeded. It's, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, they, they've done it. So, uh, yep, yeah. they've done it. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, moving on. Uh, Dave Batista is uh, placing a $20,000 bounty on the individuals who defaced humanity by scraping Trump into the back of it. So. Yeah, which is absolutely horrid that they would take a creature, an endangered species like the manatee in Florida, and scribble Trump on it. Like, why? Why would you do that? I have no idea, but it just shows how crazy some of these people are. It really like does. they would, they would deface a creature, an endangered species like the manatee. Just, I'm just like, why? Why would you do this? I, I, I mean, and, and I hope that they they find the person and arrest them. And I, I hope that, you know, that people will not do this to any other creature like this. Like, you don't don't do that. Yeah. I mean, I mean you don't. and I, I think everyone, you and I and everyone who's listening to this podcast is probably going to be in agreement on this. So there's not much really to, to discuss in that regard. But uh, I, I mean, mean it, this, hurts it, me this hurts me personally because I lived in Florida for almost 20 years. And, you know, Florida has been, you know, essentially my home. I mean, even though that there are some things that I don't like about Florida, but in a way, it's part of me. And, you know, I did see manatees because when I used to live around uh, Deerfield and there's this really nice park called Jonathan and Hutchison Park uh, around Jupiter where you get to, you know, rent a canoe or a kayak or something and you get to, like, row and see, like, all the nice trees and flowers and such. And, like, right toward the end of the river is a group of manatees. And you get to, you know, look at them. I mean, if you're, like, really gentle, you get to even pet them because they'll sometimes breach up. But, yeah, those are very protected creatures around Florida. And the fact that somebody would do this is inexcusable. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I think you and I are in agreement with this. It's horrible. It's terrible what they've done. And I uh, hope whoever they find, you know, uh, they uh, hope whoever did this hopefully gets found and uh, gets uh, gets punished for it. But uh, I think it makes sense that Dave Batista ends up being the guy who, forks, who, who puts this money forward. 
for uh, trying to find out whoever did this because he has been, you know, very, very anti-Trump if you've uh, seen him on Twitter. So uh, uh, that, that doesn't surprise me in the slightest that uh, he would um, obviously, you know, get involved with this. So, but uh, I'm sure he cares about animals too. No doubt about that. But uh, sure. yeah, but uh, what what's happened is disgraceful, and what happens is horrible. And uh, the only reason I say it's not much up for you know is there's not going to be much too much discussion about it because we're all in agreement about it. You know, like uh, it's horrible and it's disgusting, and uh, whoever's done this should be held uh, accountable for it. You know, mm-hmm. so like uh, yeah. it's pretty much the same conversation we had about the rioters. You know, whoever's you know did you know tried to you know destroy this is obviously you know deserves to be punished for it. So. Yes. Yeah. Um, so sad news to uh, break to you. Uh, Joanne Rogers, who was the uh, spouse of uh, Mr. Rogers and uh, was uh, a sensational uh, pianist as well, has uh, died at the age of 92. Um, yeah, it's very sad considering that, um, you know, she lived to the legacy of Mr. Rogers ever since his passing around 2003. And she has been advocate to spreading his good word and just abiding with everything that Mr. Rogers had represented. And the fact that she's gone now, it's, it's, it's just really sad. Yeah. And, uh, it's, uh, you, well, you can see why you can see why he married her, you know, like, uh, she's, uh, she, she, she's, uh, I've seen her and she's a nice, wonderful person. Oh yeah. You she's know, and, uh, very nice. Yeah, she, absolutely. Was, she was very nice and you know, wonderful, very, very warm as well, you know? And so it's, uh, it was uh, she was uh, she she was uh, Mr. Rogers' wife, you know. Like uh, it was um, it was definitely something to behold. And uh, you know he not only that, like after he passed away, you know, in uh, in tragic circumstances, like you know uh, she continued on his legacy. You know, like uh, she still appeared in documentaries. You know, she uh, still uh, spoke out about you know uh, you know doing charitable work and things like that. Like uh, she continued going. You know, even though oh, yeah, that I mean, wasn't there anymore. You know. Yeah, and she even answered questions about uh, Mr. Rogers when he was doing the show and how he would appear in children's hospitals to take care or visit ailing children who were sick with unfortunate diseases like cancer and how he would like bring his puppets and perform for in front of them and read stories and sing songs and how Mr. Rogers always stick to a specific weight where it was 143 pounds and that represented i love you where the one was the i the four was an l and the three was the u and so uh, you know he, she also talked about how you know he was um you know like he rarely if ever you know did anything where she would be shocked to the point of, wow, you really, you know, said that or did that, Fred? But no, he, he was always such a wonderful person. I mean, he exuberated just sweetness. And, it, you know, even still to this day, a lot of people said that, you know, when Mr. Rogers went away, then, you know, kindness and humanity started going away too. And I, I mean, I, I know that that's a bit of, de- of a debate, but um, I think that with everything that's been going on nowadays, I think that we definitely need to see the kindness of Mr. Rogers and, the fact that she was able to continue with that legacy is um, just absolutely yeah. wonderful. Yeah, she, she, no, I mean, obviously we talk about Mr. Rogers, but uh, keep in mind that uh, she voted out on her own as well. Like uh, she, her, her piano skills were uh, phenomenal, you know. Like, oh yeah, uh, yeah, very phenomenal, absolutely. Yeah, and so I think uh, she was a, she was a dedicated musician and obviously a very dedicated wife to, uh, you know, and also uh, you know d- d- dedicated family woman to uh, her family 
So it was, yep. uh, yeah, I think, uh, and uh, the fact that, uh, you know, she continued to, here's the thing that is, I think that's uh, really great. She continued to share, uh, you know, the, the story of uh, of Fred Rogers with the world. And uh, she continued, like, you know, uh, doing all the uh, the, the warm, warm and wonderful stuff that, uh, you know, he, he left behind. And uh, it's so easy, though, just to kind of, like, say, oh, you know, that was his thing. And, you know, I'm just going to, like, you know, re- retire off now and, uh, you know, just kind of, like, you know, reminisce on what, what, what was. But uh, no, she wanted to continue on his legacy. And uh, she did it in, like, you know, those wonderful way and uh you know in the most creative ways as well so. yeah and it could have been a case in which when if a very famous person that you have as a family member passes away you want to be as private as possible you don't want to go uh doing like interviews because you're really sad about a loved one of yours dying and you just want to live off the last years just alone and grieving for the person that you lost but no i mean she decided that she wanted to carry on his legacy she reminds me of deborah spinney uh, carol spinney's uh wife uh, who continued with the legacy of her late husband uh, for those who don't know he was a puppeteer for sesame street he played as big bird he, well, yeah, he was big bird you know so he was he was a massive part of uh, you know, jim henson legacy yeah exactly but yeah uh, deborah continued with his legacy in which you know she would go over to conventions and do q a's and uh appear in various interviews and news reports talking about his legacy and you know mrs rogers did the same thing mm-hmm so uh, we just wanted to pay tribute to uh, uh, Joanne Rogers, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, so unfortunately, I think uh, the uh, the neighborhood has uh, lost uh, a another wonderful resident. So. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so some sad news coming out of the Tonight Show uh, with Jimmy Fallon. Apparently, their their ratings have fallen to the fourth lowest uh, ratings ever, uh, and uh, it's just struggling to compete with the likes of Stephen Colbert and uh, various other. Uh, late night talk show host, but uh, some people are suggesting that, uh, oh, it's nothing to worry about, it's just the fact that people are watching online rather than kind of like watching on the traditional television, which is kind of like, eh, yeah, but uh, you know, you think for a show like The Tonight Show, which has had like, you know, some pretty big guests on it, and pretty big uh, hosts on it too, like The Tonight Show has been like, uh, you know, uh, on a, a staple in American television for uh, a very long time, and for the fact now that it can only just pull like over a million viewers is uh, not a great place for that to uh, TV show to be. And there's a reason why. I'm looking at the deadline report where it's discussing about like uh, the the views and the ratings of uh, Jimmy Fallon compared to Colbert, Kimmel, Kimmel and Jimmy um, Kimmel, yeah. you know, various yeah, Jimmy Kimmel. I, I guess we have to compare you know, I guess we have to uh, correct the fact that there's two Jimmys who do late night talk shows. One is Fallon, one is Kimmel. Anyway, so do you think people uh, like mix them up sometimes? It's kind of like, oh, I'm just watching, you know, the uh, the Tonight Show with Gary with the with the Jimmy Kimmel's. Like, oh, you mean Jimmy Fallon? It's like, oh, there's a they're they're both not one of the same. <laughs> like, you know, um, no, there, there's differences between the two. Actually. I know, I was just joking, but uh, I know, like... but yeah, I guess for the average viewer, it's like, wait, there's two Jimmys. It's like, yeah. Uh, anyway, but I think that um, for some people, they were debating on, um, oh, the reason why that Jimmy Fallon's lo- views have been the all time low is because uh, people such as Stephen Colbert and Jimmy Kimmel cover more not only with pop culture, but they also talk about politics. And, you know, political news has become really, really popular in the views. And Jimmy Fallon doesn't really go into politics 
very rarely or even at all. He does a lot of new segments, like he would play video games, they would do fun songs, they would do, um, you know, uh, karaoke showdowns and stuff like that. So he's very fun. He's a very fun late night talk show host. Yeah, the, 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 the only thing about that is, is that unfortunately he did dabble in politics. You know, the, uh, the in 2017 when uh, Donald Trump got elected, you know, he added him on the show. Oh, and, really? He did? Uh, yeah, and uh, he, he softballed him like to hell. And uh, he got a lot of uh, a lot of heat for that. And uh, when TMZ uh, caught up with him and asked, why why did he give uh, you know, Donald Trump such a softball interview? He's like, oh, I'm nice to everybody. And it's like, now now that we've seen what's happened with the uh, the Trump presidency, I mean, like, I'd be, I'd be very surprised if Jimmy Fallon makes it back. I really do. I think, I think, I think there will be a lot of people who will basically look at Jimmy Fallon now and say, like, uh, look, you know, you were the guy who softball interviewed Donald Trump, and uh, you know, you even played with his hair on on national TV, and uh, you know, basically turned it into like, you know, this uh, like this fun thing, and like now we've just spent twenty five minutes talking about how he's basically ruined America, and uh, you know, like, uh, uh, can we really forgive Jimmy Fallon for doing that? Like, uh, given the I, fact, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I'm not saying that Jimmy it. Fallon's responsible for the uh, the the the, uh, the absolute decimation of American democracy. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. But the fact that he was the fact, the fact that he's got a connection to him now, and the fact that he has, uh, he basically had this opportunity to, you know, ask G- Donald Trump hard questions in front of millions of people, and the fact that he failed to do that, and now here we are talking about him tanking in the ratings. You know, like yeah. uh, I, I think the audience are making up their minds that uh, the, even people who had some small association with Donald Trump now don't deserve mercy. Yeah, yeah. that's that's that that happens, you know. And as for and then you have people like Stephen Colbert and um, you know various other people who would you know talk about political news and do it in a very comedic way, and they would be bashing people like Trump. And then you have you know Jimmy Fallon who interviewed Trump. And, you know, try to be all fun and, you know, buddy-buddy with him. And that's like, ugh, ah, man, that, that hasn't aged very well. I'm surprised that poorly aged things hasn't tweeted about this. Maybe he has, I don't know. They'll get, but, they'll, they'll get there eventually, I think, when, you know, either like either Jimmy Fallon gets cancelled or like, you know, something, something happens in that regard. But, uh, yeah, but, uh, I mean, here's the thing about this. Like, uh, do you get the feeling now with talk shows that there needs to be a bit of a changing of the guard? Like, uh, Ellen DeGeneres looks tired. Um, Jimmy Fallon looks like he's he's not going to make it back. And, uh, you know, even uh, even Bill Maher today, like, uh, do, you know he's having, uh, do you know he's having his first guest on his uh, show coming back for another series? Really? Ke- Ke- Kellyanne Conway. Oh! You know, it's just, it's... Uh, um, yeah, like the, the the fact that people have been trying to make sure that no one in the Trump administration basically has a career afterwards, and then Bill Maher comes in and says, "Oh, you know, I'll just do an interview with this person because he's going to like you know ravel people up." And I'm just sitting there like, you know what, Bill, fuck you. Like, you know, it's uh, you, you know, I'm really glad that John Oliver is pretty much carrying HBO, and you're not at this point. Wow. Like, you know, you know, that's what I would say. Like, you know, get Bill, you know, fire Bill Maher. I'm sure you can, you know, I'm sure uh, John Oliver could do something way, way better with that, uh, with, with that TV time than, you know, uh, you know, I'm sure you can move last week tonight into that time slot as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, you know, in Ireland DeGeneres, I mean, obviously let's talk about James Corden, potentially, the, you know, we're replacing her as a daytime talk show host. So, you know, obviously do that if you can. And, uh, you know, Jimmy Fallon, I mean, how long has he been doing the Tonight Show for? 
he has been oh he has been doing the tonight show since 2014 2014 so like uh you know six years on fourth lowest rating like i mean how many how many chances do you give jimmy fallon and especially you know in the biden era when they're basically trying to like you know de-trumpify politics you know i think uh yeah i wouldn't be too surprised if he ended up going and they replaced him with someone else Yeah, I I mean, you have a lot of uh, talk shows that are going on. You have James Corden, Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Seth Meyers, um, Conan, you know, I can't believe it, Conan O'Brien is still, you know, up and kicking. Mm -hmm. Um, There's even like um, Elmo. Elmo even had his own, um, you know, late night talk show for a bit right before he moved over to HBO Max. Yeah, Uh, the not too late show with Elmo. Oh, wow. He had his own. where, where Where was that on? Um, HBO Max. HBO. Oh my! Elmo has got to the point where he gets his own talk show on HBO. Yes. Wow. I know. How would Jim Henson react to that? I don't know. I would genuinely be interested if Jim Henson was alive today and he heard that Elmo was going to get his own talk show on HBO. Oh, good grief! That's, I uh, know. Oh, wow. Anyway, but you know, there's a lot. Who of- does the interview on that show? Um, I know that from what I've seen in like a few commercials when this thing was like really popular, they would have like, um, you know, they would have like the usual um, contenders, like the the usual Muppets, like Cookie Monster and Bert and Ernie. But other people they would have over like Jimmy Fallon was a guest, oh, which Jim- of course he was. Oh, of course he was. Like uh, the Jonas Brothers was there. John Oliver was there. Um, let's see who else was there. Uh, Olivia Wilde, David Sudeikis. And then they would have like musical guests like um, Jordan Sparks and uh, Penta- uh, Pentatonics and uh, Casey Musgraves and um, Ciara. So, yeah, th- this was like treated legitimately on HBO Max. Oh, wow. Like, do you know what would be a fun, uh, uh, actually, do you know what would be a fun guest for uh, Elmer to interview? Who? Keenan Thompson. Oh, that would be great. I would love that. I'd love that, too. In fact, I would even go further than that. I'd say Keenan Thompson, you know, would you say he's now got to the point where he could carry his own talk show? Uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, he has his, uh, and, and you know, Keenan has been in SNL for the longest that anybody has ever been in SNL. He's been in SNL for almost, what was it 15, 17 years or something? And now he's finally gotten to the point in which he's having his own TV show on NBC called Keenan. Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. He, he's gotten to that point in which now he has his own TV show. So, yeah, and this, if was, he, this was the guy who was, uh, you know, trying to clean up orange soda off Kel. You know, so like uh, <laughs> those yeah. days are long gone. But uh, yep, now, now he has his own TV show. Yeah. Uh, so uh, if he want, if he said I'm gonna do a talk show, then I would watch it. Oh, I, I definitely will do as well. So uh, yeah, but, but yeah, going into uh, Jimmy Fallon. I mean, I feel really bad for him because you know he would, you know, he was a guy very similar to um, you know Keenan Thompson, in which he was on SNL for a few years, mm. and then he spun off and he did his own things. Um, you know, he was in a few movies, and then he yeah, was in this late the night thing talk is, show. Is that, I mean, like you know, we remember when he was doing like you know the uh, the Save by the Bell skits, and uh, you know, doing uh, you know, even he even brought in Keenan and Kel to do like uh, the the Good, the Burger good Burgers, stuff. yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, was he also? Did he also do like a Bachelor of the Future skit, or was that was that Jimmy Kimmel? I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember. I, think, either, I can't but... remember either. But uh, um, but you know, in regards, like he he does all this like you know other fun stuff. But here's the thing about this: anybody really can do what he does. Unfortunately, you know, like uh, I, unless it's uh, I would really I would really hate to be like one of the creative minds in that in that sh- in that Tonight Show uh, you know team. 
you know, on Zoom calls at the minute, or because social distancing. But, uh, you know, um, I'd really hate to be in there, like, say, okay, guys, we just had, like, our fourth lowest rating in uh, in the history of The Tonight Show. What the hell are we going to do? And i got to be honest, like, if uh, if Jimmy Fallon isn't going to be able to, like, you know, uh, do anything except, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, besides do what he kind of, like, always does, and uh, he doesn't really, like... Uh, um, you know, uh, move away from that, and like, I- I'm not, I'm not sure. I would literally be in a place where I'd be like, I don't know. Like, you know, I'd probably be better off going away and doing something else. You know, I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, I-, I don't know what you he know, could do. The-, the Tonight Show has been around for over fifty years. There have been many people who have been in it. Uh, Steve Allen, Jack Parr, Johnny Carson, Jay Leno, Conan O'Brien was even there for a little bit right before he spun off into his talk show. So, and the fact that Jimmy Fallon is continuing in the legacy of The Tonight Show and the fact that maybe he he needs to be replaced by somebody else who can, you know, you know, stand out because, you know, every single one of these talk show hosts from The Tonight Show did something different. Uh, Johnny Carson was known for doing his, um, you know, predictions with quasi-Ed, Ed McMahon, where, you know, he would be like saying these three words and then he'll be reading off what the, the envelope said. Uh, Jay Leno was known for, you know, talking about cars and, and doing a lot of other interviews and such. And uh, Jimmy Fallon was known for, you know, having a lot of fun uh, skits where they would be playing video games or singing songs or doing a lot of improv or playing off various scenes. So if they really are saying we need to get rid of Jimmy Fallon, then they'll need to replace somebody who can be able to stand out and, you know, carry on the legacy of The Tonight Show. Otherwise, that thing's going to be gone. Yeah. So, or maybe we are at that point. Like, you know, maybe, you know, we have this debate where, you know, where, well, actually, I, I don't debate this. I think The Simpsons has gone on for too long and <laughs> I should go. You know, like, uh, but yeah. I mean, obviously, there's people who still watch The Simpsons. So, like, unfortunately, I think uh, the Tonight Show probably is Tonight Show probably at that point. Like, uh, does that need to like you know go back into television history? But uh, unfortunately, people still watch it, so therefore, it keeps going. You know, like, I, I I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. So. Anyway, uh, let's move on with something else. Uh, so uh, we talked about Donald Trump being removed from the Tonight Show if uh, they ever decide to do that. But uh, there's another thing that he may end up be- being also being removed for. And uh, the main star of this movie is also called for this as well. Uh, Macaulay Culkin has joined the many calls of people for Donald Trump to be digitally removed from Home Alone 2. Uh, which is kind of strange because technically in TV airings, they actually did do that to save time, you know, because they would like remove or, ed, you know, edit scenes out to run on to television. So they have done that. So I don't know what made them decide, oh, we need to remove, you know, Trump, um, you know, from that. I think that the argument did. against the t- against, uh, you know, just kind of like keeping the TV version is that uh, apparently there's like some like, you know, more extreme, like, you know, like uh, when they go through the house, I think they edited out like the more painful, ver- you know, parts of that. And so yes, it's, it's kind of like saying like, uh, oh, you know, like, uh, uh, let's just, uh, what's wrong with the RoboCop TV version? It's like, well, I mean, the fact that it, it's out like all the, you know, it's cursing and all like all the violence and stuff like that. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot wrong with like the RoboCop TV version. So, okay. but uh, yeah, I don't think you can just say, oh, let's just use the TV version because I'm sure it'll let it out more than just Donald Trump. So sure. I think what they'll have to work on is that saying, oh, hey, well, we're going to do a streaming version where Donald Trump is not going to appear in it and we'll just cut out the whole thing entirely. You know, mm-hmm. and, uh, so I guess it's uh, wondering if they're going to do that. So it's going to be interesting, though. It's like, uh, you know, there's going to be, ver- you know, if they do edit him out, like uh, there's going to be like rare, you know, um, versions of Home Alone 2, two where it's kind of like, oh, yeah, well, they had like Donald Trump, like, uh, you know, having a cameo in there. And like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, would that ever fe- would ever fetch money on eBay? If they ever did I, that, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's actually a really good question. So mm-hmm. are we going to 
so I we're hearing about this. Uh, are we are we going to do the same thing with um, all the other movies that he appeared as a cameo? What else has he this? appeared in? Um, He's appeared in the Little Rascals. Well, you know the, ni- the nineteen ninety version where he played as um, uh, you know the rich kid's son, uh, you know, Waldo. That's what his name was. So yeah, he appeared like only for like a two seconds where uh, Waldo was in the race alongside with Alfalfa and Sprout and. Um, no, Spanky. Spanky, yeah. Alfalfa and Spanky were having a race, and uh, Waldo was with Darla, and they were going to have, like, a um, a race. And then he calls his dad, and he says, Dad, I'm definitely going to win this race. And then Donald Trump appears, and he said, Walt, uh, son, you're the best um, son that money can buy. Good grief. And- actually, I'll tell you what, he's actually been quite a few things, actually. So if we were going to go on a, ro- on a rule that uh, Donald Trump would have to be edited out every single movie that he's ever been in. So um, we, he'll basically be out of um, the greatest movie ever sold. So he, he will be out of that documentary movie that uh, Morgan Spurlock made. Uh, he will be out of uh, Wall Street Money Never Sleeps, uh, who he played himself. He'll be out of the Small Potatoes movie, um, Two Weeks Notice, Zoolander, uh, Celebrity, 54, The Associate, uh, Eddie, Across the Sea of Time, The Little Rascals, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, and uh, Ghosts Can't Do It. Yep, and if, if we want to count all the TV shows, like you remember the whole. Sh- uh, oh well, you know, the Apprentice is gone. <laughs> oh, the yeah. Predator. Yep, and, and then you know, remember the whole uh, controversy with Michael Jackson, in which they removed that Simpsons episode that appeared that had him as a voice actor. Yeah. So if we're going to do the same thing with Donald Trump, then that means he's going to be removed from All My Children, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, The Nanny, Suddenly Susan, The Drew Carey Show, Nightman, Spin City. Um, and then, you know, basically we're going to just ban... I was going to say, wasn't, um, the, wasn't that episode of the Freshman... Which, which uh, wife was he at that time? Was it, was it his second or was it his third? I can't remember exactly. I don't remember. It was around 1994, so was it the second wife? I don't know, but uh, yeah, so, uh, but yeah, he'd have to be out of that. And also he was in the Drew Carey show as well. And, uh, yep. And, yeah, and then... You know, when you really think then, about it, he's done some really terrible shit TV shows, hasn't he? Like, uh, you mm. know, it's like, a, he's probably like, a, he's on Saturday Night Live, obviously. And so obviously those, mm-hmm. those, those episodes I'd be thrown in the trash. And, uh, yeah, he's, and, uh, and then he has been in a few, um, scenes in the WWE, uh, WrestleMania stuff. Oh, they'd have, yeah. to, edit, they'd have to edit WrestleMania out if they, if that, by the way, this is if they decide that, oh, okay, we're going to edit out Donald Trump from history, like out of like everything. And, uh, that's, he's, uh, I mean, um, I don't know all the reason for, I mean, what does it, would he still like, uh, I'm guessing I'm trying to think. The only reason I think they probably would edit him out of Home Alone 2 is because does he still get, like, you know, uh, uh, every time they air it on TV, does he still, like, get paid for doing that? Like, I think so. Yeah. I, I think that he would get a residual if um, he would be shown on TV. Um, I think that's how it works in which, like, if you're an actor or if you were a writer or a creator and, you know, something shows up on TV, you would get, like, a residual check. In fact, it's actually like, funny that you mentioned that because um, I, I, met, I tweeted every cast and crew member of us told by ginger that this was going to come out on cbs all access because they had no idea about it and then lorraine newman um you know who is the voice of lois foutley and she's also been in snl and various things and then she tw- uh, then she like messaged me saying oh we're gonna finally get our residual check <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so uh okay so um there's actually been some suggestions of who to replace donald trump with if they do digitally owes him so um the one on twitter at the moment is uh is a uh, haisun miku you know the vocaloid Oh my god! No, no. that'd be kind of no. weird. Um, no. I'm trying to think who else they want to replace him with. Uh, Joe so, Biden. So we, oh, yeah, one person's been Joe Biden. One person says replace him with Barack Obama. Which? Uh, Why? Yeah, he wasn't. I mean, I don't think how old was he back in that time? 
I, I mean, I know he, he probably was like around his like maybe his teenage years, but yeah, why would Barack Obama be featured in Home Alone too? Like everybody knew uh, who Donald Trump was in the '90s, but we didn't know who Barack Obama was back in the early '90s. Well, this is interesting. AJ Plus is uh, is uh, this is Al Jazeera Plus. They basically say uh, Macaulay Culkin tweeted his support for calls to remove the President Trump from Home Alone 2. The film's director claimed that Trump bullied production into fil- to film his cameo because they were filming in the hotel that he owned at the time. I'm not surprised that that would happen. I mean, well, that's the out the entire hotel too. <laughs> I guess so. Oh no, I don't. So uh, instead of um, the the Grand Plaza Hotel, uh, Kevin McAllister goes over to, I don't know, a, okay. another hotel. Uh, one York. person saying replace him with uh, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling was like a, a teenager back then, and he was very well known as a Canadian yeah. actor. I don't, I don't you know, even he, care he, at this point. I think they just want to just kind of like edit in people, like uh, you know, because we have the technology to do that now. Oh, one person saying Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> What? Crash Bandicoot wasn't make. even made yet. Yeah, some people just some people are just basically throwing in these user jokes. Um, who else are they saying? Um, what person's replacing replacing with uh, someone from uh, uh, Raul Paul's Drag Race? Uh, again, that makes no R- sense. RuPaul? R- R- yeah. I mean, I know that some people knew who RuPaul was, but okay, that's interesting. Um, who else are they? Uh, what has been suggested? Um, the someone someone's put in like uh, I think it's a meme which I don't really understand. Um, okay. One person suggesting uh, replacing. Uh, no, I don't think that's. Uh, don't that's replacing anybody. Uh, no, but I think. Uh, oh, good grief! One person saying uh, re- replacing with uh, Grimace from uh, McDonald's. Oh no! Uh, Why? Why would he be there? Yeah. Why? Well, well, Grimace was a as a was a McDonald's character mascot, wasn't he? Uh, during the night during that time. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was like the big purple-looking dinosaur. uh, (laughs) One person suggesting Jabba the Hutt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. Oh, gosh. Uh, Mishinduku. One person's edited in as EJ Ping, the president of China, to be uh, the person who replaces Donald Trump. So, uh, (laughs) yeah. What? Mm -hmm. So, uh... And yeah, one person has edited in, uh, you know, uh, Joe Biden. So, uh, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I got it. I think we got it, yeah. So, um, okay. I guess uh, those are interesting suggestions, I think, for uh, to uh, replace uh, uh, Donald Trump at Home Alone 2. But I think what they'll end up doing is I think they'll just cut the scene out entirely. They'll just cut the scene entirely because, you know, all Kevin does in that scene is just look around the hotel and then he walks over to the front desks and ask uh, the lady regarding about, you know, if she wants to check in and that's pretty much it. So he was yeah. only there for like a few seconds. Like it's, it's like, like the villain of the movie, is it? So like, no, um, he's not the villain of the movie. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be, you know, Tim Curry technically. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I tell you what, that's even worse. Uh, um, uh, examples of a uh, Donald Trump's bad business practices, you know, hiring Tim Curry to like, you know, look after your hotel. So, uh, <laughs> okay, let's get away from this now. I think we're just uh, going all over the place with it. So, yeah. Um, okay. In other news, uh, there is an alleged leak for a Crash Bandicoot cartoon. 
uh, that has leaked. Yes. And now, I've watched the clip. I mean, like, uh, I don't know how legitimate this is at the moment because, I mean, we all know how great animation is getting at the moment. And uh, you can probably imagine with everyone locked down, they have a lot of time to, like, you know, edit things now. Sorry, like, animate things for YouTube now. And uh, I don't know. I kind of looked at it and thought, you know, it's, uh, I could see it being plausible that this may have, like, you know, been a leak from, like, you know, a professional cartoon studio. And I'm not saying that it probably isn't. But, uh, I mean, at the same time, it could just be somebody, like, you know, who's just, like, has a lot of editing time on their hands and decided, oh, hey, I'll just release this. You know, and, well, uh, I mean, in addition to the cartoon, they also released the development Bible. So that means that they probably had a lot of time. Oh, to I didn't see the development Bible. So, yes. Uh, okay. Yeah, well, you, you, can't, you can't find it anymore because it's been deleted because, you know, uh, uh, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to, you know, showcase that this cartoon actually existed. Hush, hush. Yeah. But yeah, there was actually a development Bible that was alongside with this. And, you know, some people are saying that, you know, this could possibly be a hoax, but... You have to put in a lot of effort, not only to animate a cartoon, but also write a development Bible. So, uh, I guess could it's be, not could it be plausible that this could have been someone's like animation, like uh, animation university project. Maybe, like, maybe, yeah. uh, maybe, maybe a student who really wanted to um, see a Crash Bandicoot cartoon, maybe pitch it over to Activision, saying, "Hey, um, wouldn't it be nice if we have a Crash Bandicoot cartoon? I mean, Crash Bandicoot Four, the first uh, major sequel in the, a very long only, time." Came the out. only thing I would argue against that is that, like, does Crash Bandicoot actually talk? I mean, no, like, no. I mean, like, uh, so um, unless it's going to be like you know, episode by episode, kind of like you know, Wally style kind of like animation, it's all physical humor, which can work. I'm not suggesting it can't, but uh, I don't know. Like, I could imagine it getting pretty dry. I probably imagine uh, eventually, unless you know they have everyone around him kind of like talking, and he ends up being kind of like you know the silent, silent protagonist, which uh, doesn't really carry all that well for uh, like you know, an animated cartoon, unless you're Roadrunner or Wiley Coyote. You know. Yeah, I, I mean, even you know his sister talks uh coco she yeah. talks and we have um i, I think that maybe but do, I mean, do you get I like, the reason i get at this is because uh, don't you feel that uh, i mean look at ducktales look at uh, you know look at eventually what we're going to be getting with darkwing duck and uh, look at all the modern cartoons that are currently coming out right now the owl house and things like that they're dialogue orientated you know like mm -hmm. a lot of it is in the dialogue so um unless crash bandicoot's going to come in and break the mold somehow which uh, you know I'm, I'm surprised that you know someone crashing in to break the mold wouldn't be would be pretty would be pretty uh, crash bandicoot on the mark i would definitely say but uh, i don't know like uh, I, I i just have concerns about it you know about how how well it would actually take it off on top of that as well like uh, keep in mind like uh, other uh, video game mascots have not fared so well in you know from uh, video game to animation you know, yep. So, you know, Super Mario Brothers Super Show, The Legend of Zelda cartoon, Busby, Busby, the Mega Man cartoon. Oh, the Mega Man cartoon. The only good thing about the Mega Man cartoon was the intro. Like, Super fighting robot. The intro is so kick-ass, and then you get to the actual show, and it's like, well, that's it. It's over. You know. Yeah. That's why a lot of reviewers back in the 2000s made the joke about the only good thing about 80s cartoons was the intro because that's where they put all their budget in. Well, you know, Thundercats was good. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying that that's what they made the joke of. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I think that um, a Crash Bandicoot cartoon, I mean, it would have been really cool to see considering that, you know, Crash Bandicoot made a huge splash in recent years where they had the Insane Trilogy, then they did Nitro Cars. They basically remade all the classic Crash Bandicoot games done by Naughty Dog. And then they did Crash 4, which was, according to a lot of people, the first official sequel in a very long time, even though there were other Crash Bandicoot games, um, which was, I think, The Wrath of Cortex. And 
uh, then, you know, people were like, hey, you know, Crash Bandicoot is getting popular again. Let's make a TV show about it. And I guess, you know, this will be one thing that we'll never have. I don't know. Okay. Well, I mean, like, it was uh, the one of two big surprises that we got, including the Space Jam, you know, leak as well. So I think uh, it's... Uh well, we'll see if it goes somewhere. You know, like, uh, for yeah. you know, we'll be back in a couple of months' time talking about, oh, hey, like, uh, the Crash Bandicoot show is going to be debuting soon. So, like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah that cool. I mean, you know, video game cartoons have actually gotten a lot better in recent years. Castlevania, Carmen San Diego, uh, Sonic Boom. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think that we're. Yeah, and you in know, Sonic Boom's case, the actual show is better than the, than the video game. There you go. So, yeah, like, uh, so, yeah. Did, you see, did you see how people cheat in Sonic Boom? Like, uh, they just play his knuckles and, like, do, like, the whole jump start cheat. Like, so, like, they jump, yep, and just, it's, uh, I was watching Game Grumps do it, and it was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this, they actually allowed this in the game. Well, yeah, it's a major bug that I think was patched when they found out about it, but, yeah, somebody actually found out that they could do it, like, three days after the game came out. Yeah, but it wasn't just that, like, all the, all the, all the cutscenes were bugged as well. Like uh, mm-hmm. you can show, you can show like all oh, the editors like saying we're like so confused when they're editing like you know the Let's Play episodes. They're like, wait a second, that shouldn't have happened here. And then he ends up like uh, there's a whole thing in Game Grumps where they point out where all the errors are. And everything wow. is yeah, it's crazy. So it's but, bad. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about a good game or a potentially good game. Uh, Metroid Prime Four has got a release date. Uh, at least it's been leaked uh, by Amazon. So uh, what is the release date, Patricia? Uh, 2023. 2023. Well, I mean, at least they're working on it. So, like, well, there, there have been. I mean, Retro Studios, the only thing that they've been tweeting about Metroid Prime 4 was, um, hey, uh, do you want to work as a designer? Do you want to work as a programmer? Do you want to do this and that? Uh, you know, uh, fill up this paper and fill up this file and let's see if you're qualified for it. So, yeah, that's literally all they've been tweeting about. And people are like, Pretty much giving up hope, saying, "Wow, they haven't even done the game yet." But this no, is kind of, they, kind of worrying because, like, uh, I mean, did you hear the stories about Cyberpunk only starting production like in 2016 for like this <laughs> this game, and like, so they spent like four years speeding up to like a half finished game, and uh, basically, you know, disappointing a lot of people. And uh, now it looks like we're rushing towards 2023 for Retro Frame Four, and they even got even got all the stuff that they need yet. Yep, you know, so, I know. And when, and and when did- was Metroid Frame Four first announced? Oh my god, Metroid Prime 4 was announced like, what was it, 2017, 2018, I think. Wow, so what, we've been like in production hell for like uh, four years at the moment? Yeah, uh, pretty much. We've been in production hell for four years, and I understand that Nintendo, they don't really care too much about the Metroid uh, series, because it it never really was a major hit in Japan compared to Mario and Zelda, or even Pokemon, especially Pokemon. It's it's only the international audience, especially the Americans, who love the Metroid series, and that's why Retro Studios, which was uh, an American company, uh, did the Metroid Prime series, and they did justice with it. They they knocked it out of the park. And Metroid Prime 4 was supposed to come out a lot sooner, and it was actually developed by Bandai Namco. But then they scrapped the whole thing off two years after they announced it and saying, we're going to have Retro Studios do it. So imagine the two years that Bandai Namco worked on Metroid Prime 4, and then they said, oh, it's not up to our standards, so we're going to just 
scratch the game off and then redo it all over again. So they've been you working know what? on this. I, I could just imagine the discussions that they had. Is like, yeah, okay, guy, okay, Namco, you know, uh, we understand that uh, Star Fox Assault wasn't the greatest of success, but it was a fairly decent game. Let's give you another chance. And then they gave them that other chance. They saw what they had to deliver and it just wasn't good enough. You know, mm. like, uh, I, I, I would be surprised if we see leaks of this, uh, of like the old Metroid Prime Four that uh, they were planning to release, and uh, you know that that comes out soon. And be kind of like, uh, and I don't know if it's either going to be a toss or be like, uh, oh my god, I can't believe uh, we nearly got this, and thank God that Nintendo saw that came up to their senses and gave it to Retro Studios again, or he's going to like, uh, oh wow, like uh, Namco Bandai actually had something there, and I can't believe Retro Studios were allowed to screw it up. You know, so uh, I don't know what conversation we're going to have in uh, in a couple of years' time, but it's going to be one of those two. Yep, it's going to be definitely one of those two, and it, it's such a shame that um, you know we're uh, we're approaching the 35th anniversary of the Metroid franchise, and we have absolutely nothing to have. I mean, there's talks about that Zelda is going to be you know getting closer to releasing Breath of the Wild two, um, but Metroid fans they are left high and dry once again. Mm-hmm. I mean, wasn't the last thing that they released for it was like the Metroid Prime trilogy? I think it was the last, the, last- that, the last thing that they released was Metroid Prime Federation Force, and then there was Metroid Samus Returns, which is the remake of uh, Metroid 2 Return of Samus. So, yeah, they only released a remake and a game that wasn't supposed to be a Metroid game, but then they retroactively made it into a Metroid game, and it's about the Federation Force taking place after Metroid Prime 3. Oh my god. You know how much of the Metroid Prime trilogy is for Nintendo Wii on uh, for, uh, right now? On, uh, how much? £201. £201. So that's like yep. around about $250. Yeah, yeah, basically it's because that from what I understand that the Metroid Prime trilogy isn't it was released on like the Wii U but there uh, the, the Wii version has had a limited run and that's why it's super expensive. So games that either had a limited run or did not sell very well are huge in the markets on eBay. I mean what's the what's the uh, what's the benefit of like getting the trilogy compared to like, like buying the individual games? Well, um, the the entire trilogy is played the same way as Metroid Prime 3 Corruption, in which you get to use the Wii remote, as opposed to in Metroid Prime 1 and Metroid Prime 2, in which you get to play it on the GameCube. So okay. that's the only reason why. I mean, it's it's did, it's basically been redone with the same graphics as Metroid Prime 3, and they use the Wii motion controls with it, which a lot of people have praised, saying that the controls absolutely worked with Metroid Prime and Metroid really? Prime uh, yeah, 2. Here's the thing about this. I'm still pretty old school when it comes to, uh, the, you know, between uh, the Wii and the GameCube. If, if I get a chance to, like, uh, play a Wii game with a GameCube controller, I'm going to do it. You know, like, uh, that's, that's the reason why a lot of people gravitate towards the uh, the GameCube controller when uh, the, the new Smash Brothers was, like, uh, being announced. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, unless you have, um, you know, th- unless you still have the Wii U, which um, I don't even know if the Wii U um, online servers are even active anymore, which <laughs> I doubt they are. I highly doubt it. But... So, yeah, th- that's the only way you can be able to get the Metroid Prime trilogy is on the Wii, which is why it's really expensive. You know what? Like, I powered up my Nintendo Wii uh, a couple of months ago, and uh, the fact that I know the servers aren't working anymore, it's kind of spooky, like, using a console that uh, has no, like, uh, you know, no, no link to a network anymore. You know, mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's strange. So. Yeah. 
And finally, uh, we are going to be talking about how a postal worker has been caught uh, stealing PlayStation and Nintendo consoles uh, during deliveries. So, uh, and uh, which I think probably has to be like the stupidest crime you could possibly commit because, you know, a lot of people are going to notice that uh, their stuff's going missing. You know? Yeah, uh, that's it's been abundant, especially ever since that the PlayStation Five and the Xbox Series X. I, I think that's what it's called. I, I'm, you know what? I, I'm Xbox. We need to sit down and talk. Your naming is really confusing. You had the Xbox, Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, Xbox One X. I lost count. Okay, anyway. I'll uh, just to get her up to. Uh, let me let me just uh, uh, Xbox consoles. Okay, I'll I'll give you the whole list. Okay, so okay. in in two thousand one was the Xbox, and in two thousand five yeah. was the Xbox three hundred and sixty. In two thousand ten uh -huh. was the Xbox three hundred and sixty S, which was the small version, and then there was the Xbox. In two thousand thirteen, there was the Xbox three hundred and sixty Elite, which came with HDMI. In twenty thirteen of that same year, the Xbox One was released. Uh, uh, three years later was the Xbox One S, which was the smaller version of the Xbox One, and then the Xbox. And then in twenty seventeen, the Xbox One X then came out, which was the four K version, and now we've got the Xbox Series X. Which is the twenty twenty version. I am so confused, but okay, you know what? Whatever. But there's basically saying that ever since that these two consoles were released, they were released around the same time because the next console generation has officially started, and it is really, really hard to get a hold of these consoles. Every time that I go to Walmart to do my shopping, there's always a sign saying Xbox Series X and PlayStation Five are not available in the stores, nor are they available for pre-order. Mm -hmm. They are that hard to get a hold of. And so the fact that we have people from FedEx and UPS and the mailing uh, system just dealing them or saying, oh, they're lost, we can't find them, and your tracking number doesn't work, yeah, that is just absolute crime right there yeah so i mean obviously this guy has been caught but so you know eventually like i, I don't understand how he was able to like you know get away with it all because well you know wouldn't like a number of people like be complaining to the same about the same guy doing the same deliveries and eventually they would connect the dots together you know like, i don't know maybe maybe there's one more than one person who's been doing this. it sounds like it's such a stupid crime it really yeah is. It, it's 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 just absolutely awful yeah. you know just the fact that um you know, this guy would be ruining Christmases and ruining birthdays and um, ruining bar mitzvahs and uh, any other holidays that you would say, oh, you know, that person deserves to have a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X and we're going to order it online. And oh, look, they have some. We're going to get it for $499 and, and it's going to be a special occasion for them. And then it's not there. It's completely missing. You you go to the tracking number. It says it's been delivered, and you're ca calling over to um, the company saying, "Where is it?" And then they'll say, "Oh, we'll we'll try to find it." And then they never do. And then you get frustrated, and you just lost five hundred dollars right there. Mm -hmm. And then and then all of a sudden you have this guy who's been stealing these and probably is selling them online for even more money and probably getting paid for it, and he still gets to keep his job. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, apparently this guy resigned before obviously being uh, being arrested. So uh, that's. Uh... Uh, so, uh, actually, was he arrested? It's, it's, it's yeah. yeah, he was sentenced to nine months in uh, of home confinement, quote unquote. Oh, oh, wow! Nine months of home confinement, where he essentially just ruined a lot of people's uh, special occasion to actually get the consoles in the first place. So, wow, yeah, what a uh, punishment! Yeah, and he's fine. He's, he's he got a twenty-five. He's got he got a twenty thousand dollar fine, as well. 
So. Yeah, that's probably the, the the amount of money that all the people had to pay so that they can be able to well, get. Well, hang the on a second. We don't know. Like, whoa, 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 hang on a second. We don't know if that's how much he actually stole in uh, in merchandise. We don't know. Just uh, so UPS uh, supervisor um, Middle and has has been sentenced to nine months of quote unquote home confinement in a twenty thousand dollar fine after being caught stealing items like iPhones, PlayStation, and Nintendo gaming devices. Thirty uh, four year old uh, Zohab Darua, uh, who has been has since resigned from the U.S. Postal Service, was caught in an investigation by the U.S. Post. Inspector Office of Inspector General, who found that uh, between the months of February and April 2020, uh, Daru uh, stole numerous packages, inclu- including packages containing an Apple computer, PlayStation, and Nintendo gaming devices, an iPhone, footwear, and clothing items. So he did steal multiple things. Whether that equated to twenty thousand dollars, I have no idea. But uh, that's wow. basically so. He's been officially charged with embezzlement of uh, mail by the U.S. Postal Service employee. By a U.S. Postal Service boy, which is played guilty for in October the twenty-first, twenty-first on twenty-twenty. So that's wow, the story. absolutely, absolutely awful. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, unfortunately, it's a pretty sour note to leave on, but uh, hopefully, we'll have some. We uh, have more. to leave on another sour note because we didn't mention about the uh, Dale Bear. Uh, oh yeah, so uh, unfortunately, uh, we didn't, yeah, unfortunately we missed over that too. Uh, Dale Bear, who is um, the one of the greatest uh, artists, I think, for uh, Disney produced during the Renaissance era, uh, sadly passed away. He worked on uh, Beauty and the Beast, and also he worked on Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and uh, did uh, various phenomenal works as well. And so uh, this, uh, yeah, we just uh, that was just uh, something that we just kind of noticed uh, before we uh, came on air on the show. So uh, yeah, yeah, he's been working in Disney since the '70s, and he actually was trained alongside with some of the nine old men when they were working on the Rescuers. And you know, he did a lot of uh, great movies. I mean, he was a character uh, designer, and uh, you know, he did the animation for Isma and Emperor's New Groove. He did the uh, the sheriff and. Uh, Home on the Range and various other characters and uh, apparently from what I understand the last thing that he worked on right before he died was the Bob's Burgers movie so that's two uh, animators that we know of who worked on this movie and are not going to see the product when it comes out in 2021 him and Tuck Tucker mm-hmm alright everybody well that's the end of the show so thank you very much for checking us out and uh, we will see you all next week alright take care everyone